Welcome to Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicNPR.com. This is Elena DelVal, and my guest is Marco Antonio Regil, who is founder of RGL Entertainment, Inc. Today we will discuss moving from employee to entrepreneur. For 30 years, Marco has been in the entertainment business. He was the host of Minute to Win It and the host and co-producer of Family Feud on network television, among many other programs. Along the way, he discovered he wanted more than to be an employee. Twelve years ago, he started on the path to financial freedom to take control of his career and his financial future by owning his business and becoming a professional investor. Marco, welcome. Elena, thank you so much for having me, and uh, nice to say hi to all of your audience. This is a topic that I think so many of our listeners are interested in hearing about because even for folks who are well-employed, who are working in large companies or nonprofits and academia, this idea of financial freedom and having control of your life by having control of your finances is often elusive, even for many well-educated, successful people. So let's start with a couple of basic concepts. How do we define employee versus entrepreneur? And I, I think that initially it sounds like, duh, but there, it's not as clear. I mean, there are many people who are earning huge salaries, but they're still employees. Would you help us understand where those lines start and end? For sure. I mean, uh, that's, that was exactly my, my experience. I, 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 since I was a kid, I, I dreamt about working on radio and television. My, my grandfather was a business owner. I grew up in a house that had a radio station in the house back in Tijuana. And, uh, and he was a business owner. And my dream was, you know, to become a, a radio DJ and eventually a game show host, which I, I did become. And, and I was really happy in my life as an employee until I realize what it really means to be an employee. An employee is someone who gets gets paid to do something, and you don't really have a lot to say um, about the, the decisions that the company makes. Uh, so I was a really happy employee as long as I was doing shows that I, that I, that I loved. And like I, I hosted The Price is Right, The Family Feud, and other game, show ho- game shows that I grew up watching. But then the day came when the TV network asked me to do something that I really, really didn't want to do and uh, and to work with someone who I really did not like and, and, and didn't agree on the way uh, this person would produce television. Because uh, I was always doing a family-oriented television. So I, I, ha- I, was, I had to do it because I was under a salary. And that's where an employee is. You don't have a lot of freedom. You have this sense of security because every month you have a certain amount of money being deposited in your account, but you have to do as you're told. And obviously, when I was doing things that I liked, like Price is Right and the Family Feud, I was very happy. But when I was asked to do things that I didn't really agree with, then that's when the problem started. And then that's when I realized that the only way that I could be um, independent that I could do only the things I wanted to do was to switch my my mentality and instead of thinking about uh, the security of a paycheck, I started thinking about freedom. And if you are motivated by security, 
you're normally going to lean into the employee mentality, which is, you know, I get my paycheck. I do as I'm told. I don't mind doing things I don't want to do. I have to be there when they tell me to be here. Uh, I, I, have to, I have to do as I'm told, basically. I have to follow the rules that someone else is making. When you are an entrepreneur or when you change, you switch your mind from, from employee to entrepreneur, you have huge risks because you can lose your money, you can lose your company, you can, you can get in trouble, legal trouble, you can have problems with employees, you can totally fail, but the motivation is different. The mo- motivation is not security, the motivation is freedom. The thing is that there's some people that are self-employed and they think they're business owners. So it's, and that's the, that's a big confusion. So an employee is someone that has a salary, a fixed salary. I work from, you know, nine to five or whatever that is. I'm an employee, but that's being self-employed could also be a television host, could be a lawyer, could be a DJ, could be a, a chef, could be, uh, anyone else that owns his own job, but he doesn't have, or she doesn't have a business. The difference is, and the key to know if you're self-employed or you're a business owner is, If I have to be physically present to make money, then I'm self-employed. I own my own job, but if I cannot be making money when I'm not physically there, then I'm in the category of an employee, a self-employed person, but I'm an employee. Only when you are making money, when you're not physically present, is when you can say, oh, I do have a business, I am a business owner, so I can be, uh, you're going to work really hard for sure, but if you go on vacation, the company will keep making money even though you're not physically there. So that's the big distinction. And that's really painful sometimes and really uncomfortable sometimes to realize. Like, you know, I've spoken to doctors who own their own, their own, uh, facility, their own office. And, 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 and they go like, what do you mean I'm not a business owner? I own my clinic. Well, not really because if you're the only doctor in the clinic, as long as you have to be there to make money, then you're still, a, you're still self-employed. Once you start getting other doctors and, and, and getting other people that are making money and paying you fees or percentages, then you start becoming a business owner. What I'm hearing sort of is maybe like three different categories. One, when you're an employee for someone else and perhaps you have a contract or perhaps you don't, but you work for someone else, someone else picks your salary. Then there's the possibility of you own your own business, so you are employed by your own business or self-employed, as you were saying. And then the third one is where you own your own business, but you have other employees, and when you're not working, you're still generating revenue, which is an entrepreneur role. Am I understanding correctly? Yeah, yeah. From the perspective of the IRS, it is true. You can be an employee or you can own your own business and you work for your own business. But from the perspective of the entrepreneurial mentality, you don't own your own business. What you own is your own job. You know what I mean? Because you have to show up and work. So, yeah, for for tax purposes, you are an an entrepreneur. You are a business owner. You pay taxes through an LLC or through an Inc., whatever that is. But in reality, you're still physically working there. So the way, the way I learned this from, from one of my teachers, from Robert Kiyosaki, the author of Rich That Poor That, is that there's four places in what he calls the cash flow quadrant. And this, these are books that I highly recommend. I don't politically agree with Robert Kiyosaki, but I, in the financial world, I do think that he has a lot, a lot to offer. Uh, so you can be an employee working for someone. You can be self-employed, meaning you own your job. 
then you can be a business owner, meaning you have a team that is working for you and working with you and you have leverage and you have products and you have, you're making money when you're not physically present. And then there's another play, a place where you can play the game of money, which is being a professional investor, which means that the money you created in your own business, you can invest it or reinvest it in your own business, or you can professionally invest it in someone else's business. And when I say professionally, uh, it means that I'm not gambling. It means that I'm not giving my money to the bank or to a mutual fund, and they're going to invest it for me because I have no idea what I'm doing, and I'm, and I'm giving a commission to someone to invest my money. So that's not a professional investor. A professional investor is someone that gets together with another group of investors or, or other people, and you know, you know the management, you know the product, you, you see, you're able to see the stats, uh, the sales, uh, the, the, the marketing, and, and you can analyze somehow uh, what's being done and then you put your money in, in that company because you have some knowledge of the industry, of the product, of the management. So you're not just gambling. You're, you're, you're taking a chance on, on someone. And, and to be a professional investor, you really have to know what you're investing in. For example, if you ask me to become an investor on, I don't know, on the manufacturing industry, the manufacture of clothing, I couldn't be a professional investor because I don't know anything about it. But could I be a professional investor in television, in uh, in, a, in a TV show, uh, or a theater, in a theater play, or a movie, or uh, in a, in some other of my passions, which are healthy eating, and that I've, I'm a, I've been a consumer, I, I know business owners that are that are in that area. Then then I can be more educated, and I can become closer to a professional investor. But investing your money in something that you don't know is just is just gambling. So yeah, so re- uh, recapping is employee, self-employed, business owner, and professional investor. Let's talk a little bit more about the road from employee, which for many people is the end of their goal. That's what they aspire to. Yeah. And the, the steps in between and whether they're desirable for everyone because as you were saying earlier there's a lot of weight on your shoulders along the way so tell us a little bit more about that self-employed slash business owner and how that is different from being the, the complete business owner where you're generating revenue and you're not there a little bit of a distinction between those two and the, the advantages and disadvantages of each if you would yeah. Well, uh, we would have to, to, to go into that. We would have to go into the number one skill that anyone who's successful in life, whether you're an employee or a business owner, has to have, uh, which is selling. Selling is basically turning a no into a yes. Uh, you know, even if you're running a charity, you have to be able to turn a no into a yes. Mother Teresa turn a no into a yes. Uh, Pope Francis is a great salesperson. Uh, Martin Luther, Luther King was a great salesperson. Uh, Cesar Chavez was a great salesperson. Whenever you're, you're turning a no into a yes, you're selling something. You're convincing people about someone. And I'm not talking about selling something that people don't need and that you don't believe in. I'm talking about you know congruent salespeople that have something in their hearts that can be good for the world or can solve a problem, and then you're, you're, you're offering that. So that's the number one skill you have to have. To be successful in life in general, 
even even for <laughs> to getting married or, or dating. You know, I have friends that are that say this: if you're if you're single, it's because you don't know how to sell. You know, you don't know how to market yourself. You don't know how to reach out and and, and you know and say what you bring to the table. So when you are uh, a self-employed person. Uh, obviously, you know how to sell because if you're an electrician, you have to sell your services. If you're a teacher, if you're a DJ, whatever, you're selling your services. But the big difference between being uh, a self-employed person and, and going into the business owner uh, side of the equation is you have to be able to create a team. That's the big difference. Do you have a team? Are you the Lone Ranger or do you have a team that is working with you? And that team has to know how to sell. Like every single person in that team has to know how to sell. And in order for them to know how to sell, you have to know how to educate them on selling and on many other things, on the product, on the systems, and many other things that we'll, 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 we might get to those today if we have time. But that is the big difference. So you, you personally have to know how to sell. You have to be able to create a team. In order to create a team, you have to sell them on the idea of becoming part of your team where they're, they're becoming part of your team as advisors, as employees, as investors, or as product developers, as whatever. You know, you have to sell them on that and you have to educate them. So you know, you need to know how to educate people to educate your team. And then your team has to know how to educate other members of the team so they all can sell. So it's like a cycle. Selling, creating a team, education. Selling, creating a team, education. And if, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of people that launch a product that is a great product, but if they don't have these three elements to begin with, uh, they, they won't be successful. So even in my career as a television host, if, if I say in my career, I'm the product, I have a team. I have a lawyer. I have a manager. I have an agent. I have a PR person. I have a social media person. Uh, I have, I have, uh, personal assistants. I, I, you know, I have uh, producers that, that I, we can work with. We have a whole team. Even even in the entertainment industry, uh, you have to have that because it's called show business. So a lot of people focus on the show, but they don't they ignore that there's a side of it called business. It's not called a show charity. It's called show business. So if you're not able to develop a team and to educate your team, I can guarantee that you will never become really a business owner, and in in or an, an entrepreneur. And and this is something something that you don't learn from one day to another. This is something something you have to devote a lot of time into. Uh, it takes sometimes years to learn, practice, because you're you're dealing when you're when you have a team, you're dealing with the most challenging element of all, which is emotions, handling emotions. Uh, human beings have emotions, so if you if we humans didn't have emotions, then it would be really easy to build teams. But the first uh, thing you have to address is your own emotions. You cannot handle other people's emotions or, or, or be a good leader if you are emotionally immature, if you are emotionally unstable. So if you don't have emotional education, if you're not a stable person that can analyze with a cold head what is and what is not, and you're taking things personally and you're bursting in, in, you know, in, 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 in tears and, and yelling and, and, and getting angry and getting depressed and then you're happy and then you're down and you're up. That's not going to be a stable leadership. And even in the animal kingdom, I mean, animals follow stable energy and we human beings, you know, most of the time we do. Uh, get, unless we get tricked, but that's another subject. <laughs> but, so you have to, you have to develop your emotional, emotional, uh, uh, matureness. And then 
you need to learn how to handle other people's emotions in order to build a team. So that's part of the education. So it's a, it's a beautiful path, but it's not an immediate thing. It's something, something that if, if, if who's listening is highly motivated by freedom and, and they, they want to change the world and they want to solve problems and they want to take risks and get big rewards. This is something that you should not just jump into, but really, uh, I would even use the word sacred because sacred is, is means that is, is very important. It's very, very important. So for me, this path has been sacred and I think is, it should be sacred for, for whoever engages into it, especially now in the times where we have the possibilities of literally changing the world through being conscious entrepreneurs. When you think about all of the things that you have said and specifically some of the things that you emphasized, such as the importance of selling, and team building, educating, and having emotional maturity, I can already imagine our listeners or some of our listeners saying, well, I really don't like to sell, for example. I can see a lot of eyes rolling and saying, no, 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 I don't like to sell. I'm a professional, whatever it is, educator or lawyer or accountant or doctor, and selling is a bad thing. Selling has a bad connotation. Or I don't know how to educate, etc. Is there some sort of a a quiz, let's call it, as an informal word, that people can give themselves questions that they can ask themselves that will help them get past the fear or their lack of knowledge with some of these terms or concepts to know whether the that end goal of being a professional investor or entrepreneur, whatever word they're comfortable with, is really for them. Because clearly, it's not for everyone. How can you, if you are talking to a friend, to a colleague, to a family member, how can you guide them? How can they know whether this is the right path for them, going from employee to entrepreneur? Yeah, that's, that's a great, uh, that's a great point because, uh, that's exactly how I felt when I was younger, when I was working, uh, without, uh, uh, stretching myself into the entrepreneurial world. That's exactly how I would see life. I would say, I'm a television host. What do you mean? I'm a TV host. I'm hosting the prices, right? Family feud, minute to win it, all these formats. I'm, I'm a performer. I'm not a salesperson. There's a sales department and I don't sell. I don't need to sell anything. And, and, and that's because exactly what you, uh, you brought up. We tend to have in, in our minds, uh, a very bad, uh, image of a salesperson. And, in, in, in all the, the workshops that I've been teaching, uh, one of the things we do, we ask people, raise your hand if, if when you hear the word, uh, or the salesperson, uh, Something negative comes to mind, and most of the people <laughs> raise their hands, and, and we start asking, "So, what comes to mind when you hear sales or a salesperson?" And they, you know, they say, uh, "They say uh, someone's pushy. Uh, they're selling me something I don't need. Car salesperson, uh, a pit bull, uh, someone, someone who is not honest, lack of honesty. Um, all these negative, negative things come to mind. So, of course, if you have in your subconscious mind 
the idea that someone who's a salesperson is a very, very corrupted, dark, twisted, mafia-like uh, personality or, you know, or human being, then, of course, you're not going to want to be one of them. And that's why I, I, I mentioned at the beginning when we were talking about selling, I mentioned people who are far away from being that. I mentioned Martin Luther King and Cesar Chavez and Mother Teresa and, and Pope Francis and Jesus himself and Buddha himself. And anyone who has changed the world has been a great salesperson. Now, selling something doesn't mean that you're getting necessarily money in exchange for what you are bringing forward. Uh, money is something that comes as a consequence of doing something something that you love, that you deeply love in your heart. But income, and that's the other thing, sales equals income. If you don't know how to sell, you won't have income. That's, that's, that's a law of this planet. Now, income is not only money. Income can be health, can be spirituality, can be friendships, can be family, can be uh, sexuality, can be, uh, can be many, many other things. It's not only money. Now, uh, and, and so we need, basically what I'm, what I'm trying to explain here, Elena, is that we need to be responsible for educating ourselves to begin with. So there's no way I can build a team, and there's no way I can tell them how to sell, and there's no way I can educate them on a big mission, on motivating them to achieving a big mission that would, you know, change the world or would change my city or would change my life, our lives, if I cannot sell to myself that I need to become a leader. And, and part of being a leader is being a salesperson. And we need to reframe those things in our, in our subconscious mind. The, the problem is that most of the power of the mind is not in the conscious mind. It's in the subconscious mind. I, I did a master's on spiritual psychology at the University of Santa Monica, and we got really, really deep into this. And in the subconscious mind, is it's, if you ask anyone, uh, what percentage of your brain do you think you use or you heard human beings use? And they're going to say something like 3%, 7%, 5%. And they're right. Without getting very technical, they're right. Most of the power of the mind is in the subconscious mind. is is in that part of the mind that is trained and makes us do certain things as part of our habits. We eat in a certain way. We walk in a certain way. We talk in a certain way. We, 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 we explain things and say things in a certain way. And the subconscious mind has been programmed by, you know, many people uh, since we were kids. And before we are five years old, we have absolutely no saying in what goes into our subconscious mind. We have no filters, meaning that what mom and dad say, what the radio stations or the TV channels or the, the, the newspaper or, or school or religion or my neighbors or grandma or my friends, whatever I hear before I'm five years old, it becomes a reality inside my head. And as I age, little by little, we start developing filters. But still, when we're 7, 8, 10, 11, 12 years old, the filters are very weak. It's only when we become adults that we, we hear something and we're like, hold on a second. Is that true? How do, first of all, is that true? Then how do I know it's true? And, and if, and can I, can I, can I make sure this is true? And then we start part of, part of becoming an entrepreneur, a leader is going back and making sure that you don't, it's like, a, like a phone, like if your mind is a phone, it's an iPhone and then you have lots of apps 
that are, you know, performing certain tasks inside your head. And a lot of those apps were downloaded, were installed by someone else. So it's a time to go back and open your iPhone and look at the apps and what they're doing. And you might realize, oh, my God, I have this app right here that says that a salesperson is someone who is very corrupted and, and is not a good person. I have to delete this app and I have to download a new app that has a more accurate, more, more, more realistic uh, concept of what being a salesperson is. And then I have to reframe it and reprogram my mind to understand that selling is just selling. It's like a gun. A gun could be used for defending someone or for killing someone. It's not good or it's not bad, right? It's just it's just a gun or television or the media. It's not good or bad. It just depends the way we're using it. The way you are using it in HispanicNPR.com, of course, I can see is a very positive thing because you're inspiring other people. But if we do a podcast about killing people or about being uh, uh, victims and blaming others for our problems, then then it probably is not going to be a very positive or, or creative use of, of, of a podcast. So a salesperson is just that. It's just a salesperson. Now, what is it that we're selling is something different. I can sell uh, love and, and, and consciousness and evolution and compassion, or I can be selling violence and division and, and hate and racism. You know what I mean? So being an entrepreneur means that we are becoming 100% responsible for the thoughts that are in our heads. And, I, and if I have a thought that is blocking me from making my dreams come true, I need to change that thought now. That doesn't mean I want to be an entrepreneur or I have to be an entrepreneur, but at least if I'm going to be in a, a good employee or a good self-employed person, I'm going to be providing services to someone, even if I don't want to be an entrepreneur, I need to understand the way an entrepreneur thinks because that person is going to be paying me. So if you hire me to make your Hispanic NPR brand grow, then I need to understand what is it that you want, how is it that a business is built, even if I'm an employee. Because if I'm a good one, I'm going to help you to build your own business. So it's either I'm getting paid to build someone else's dream or I'm paying myself to build my own dream. But I have to be 100% responsible for what happens inside my head. Now that is a very interesting concept, this one that you just finished with, about being responsible for what's inside your head and being responsible and taking control of your future and your success because it's a lot easier to go say to a nine to five job and when you leave your job tune out and not be responsible because it's not your business so in order to pursue this road that we're talking about if I'm hearing you correctly you're saying that part of that process is taking responsibility for yourself for your emotional maturity and also for your leadership that you have to, in a sense, become a leader in order to become a successful entrepreneur, a successful professional investor. Is that right? Yeah, that's right because it's, 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 really, it's really simple. Uh, it's, it's a matter, I mean, and, and a lot of people, I highly recommend meditation as a tool for becoming an entrepreneur because when you learn to meditate and you don't have to do this in a religious way, you can, whatever faith you have, you can, you can still do it. Even if you don't believe in God and you don't have any faith, you can still do it. It's just a matter of bringing your mind into, um, 
you have to train your mind. In in one meditation that I that I learned uh, at the University of Santa Monica doing the spiritual psychology masters, it's a meditation where I would I would I would uh, I would say, I have a body, but I'm not my body. My body has a mind, but I'm not my mind. My mind has thoughts, but I'm not my thoughts. And what what I mean by this is, I can choose how to think. I can reprogram my mind and make it a new habit and get rid of the things that are separating me from being happy, from achieving my dreams, from being in my loving, from being spiritual, from being a great husband or father or, or son or a citizen. I can reprogram my mind because I have the control over my thoughts. Now, if I leave those thoughts in there, and I'm just repeating and repeating like a parrot the things that I learned from television, media, my dad, my mom, you know, things that they might have te- taught me with a lot of love and good intentions uh, that are not accurate for me because uh, ways of thinking expire because the world is changing. We're evolving. We're, 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 we're definitely transforming ourselves. So I have the power. I have the choice to go back into my mind and say, hey, listen, Marco. Like, you know, give you a, you know, maybe a funny example. I was raised in Mexico and I was raised a very jealous man because I was, you know, raised in a macho, you know, uh, <laughs> kind of country where, you know, uh, women should be like, you know, like, 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 like the Virgin of Guadalupe and men can do whatever they want to do. Now, I was raised like that because that's what I heard everywhere, everywhere in every story that I would watch on TV and every, in every conversation that I would hear from my friends and every, every joke that I would hear. Now, is that macho mentality serving my purpose? I believe that we are equal. Is that macho information serving me to find uh, in my life or sharing my life as a conscious man who, who, who treats women equally? And if, if a man that if, that if he wants uh, someone to be loyal, then I have to be loyal. So I have to get rid of those thoughts and I have to reprogram my mind and, and understand what jealousy is and become responsible for the thoughts and for the emotions that are generated by those thoughts. Now, when I got rid of that and I reframed everything, then guess what? I freed myself from the suffering of jealousy and then I started attracting into my life women and, and friends that were more evolved, more developed, more compassionate, more literally equal to one another. So when I change my thoughts, my life dramatically changes, which is taking full responsibility about my happiness. And, and, and because the other way of thinking is, oh, I'm a victim of the circumstances. When the world changes, my life will change. Someone has to change this country. Maybe the next president will change it. Maybe the next governor or mayor will change it. Maybe, maybe my wife or my husband or, or maybe when I have kids, my life will change. Maybe when I switch jobs, my life will change. Maybe when something external, a miracle from God is going to happen, my life is going to change. So that's way, one way of thinking. The other way of thinking is, I need, I have the choice to create happiness in my life, to create wealth, to create abundance, and I can reprogram my mind, get rid of the things that are in between me and my happiness, and I change when I change my thoughts, and when I change my thoughts, my experience of life will change. The world is going to change when I change. So one of my favorite quotes ever is from Mahatma Gandhi, who was a skinny little vegetarian that freed India from the most powerful country in the world back in the days, 
uh, England from from the from 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 the control they had over them. And 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 he used to he he was a great salesperson, and he was selling a philosophy of of resistance with without violence. So he would tell his people he would sell the idea of we're not going to shed blood. We're not going to kill people. We're not going to uh, take guns and, and, and kill uh, British people, but we're not going to do what they're asking us to do. So we're going to resist it. We're going we're gonna to disobey them, but we're not going to kill. And that was a, a, a very, if, if you think about it, that was a very difficult thing to sell. And he sold it. And he freed his country from England without killing anyone. And he would say, uh, this is a cost that I'm, will, I'm willing to die for, but there's not a cost that I'm willing to kill for, because he believed in peace. And the quote that I love and is really famous is, be the change you want to see in the world. Be the change you want to see in the world. Not ask for the world to change for you. It's be the change. If you want honesty, be honesty. If you want if you want peace, be peace. If you want love, be be love. If you want freedom, be freedom. So I think that's the most entrepreneurial thing thing that we can think about. Is is being an entrepreneur is exactly that. Is be the change you want to see in the world. You think something's missing in the market. You think something needs to change. You think we need to create healthier foods out there, accessible prices. We you need to we, we need to be responsible with the environment. We need to create uh, products that facilitate uh, the opportunities for women, for children, for minorities, systems, then be the change. And by being the change, what you, we're saying is be responsible. If you are responsible means you're not blaming others, you're not denying your responsibility, and you're not justifying anything. You're, 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 you're taking on it and you're saying, I am going to be this change. So it's really... Uh, beautiful to talk about these things, but in practice, it's extremely hard and uncomfortable to go about life with this philosophy. And that's why I agree with you, Elena, being an entrepreneur, being a leader, being someone that wants to transform the world, it's not for everyone. It's just for people who are brave, who, who, who are willing to take risks, who are motivated by their hearts and by their dreams. And, and they're willing to pay the price. And, and then the first price you have to pay is to look inside yourself and see what are the thoughts and the things in my subconscious mind that are sabotaging my mission. If I'm not willing to change myself, I cannot change anything. So it's, it's about responsibility. I'm also hearing very clearly that it's about transformation, that in order to be this entrepreneur that we're talking about at the end of your journey, you have to transform from the person who you are today to the person that will become this entrepreneur. You have to learn these skills that you talked about earlier, selling, the team building, the educating, the emotional maturity, the taking responsibility for your own spiritual health and becoming what you want the world to be, as you were saying and maybe paraphrasing. And and so that sounds like it's a very transformational process individually. Is that right? Correct. A hundred percent correct. And, and, and some, something that we need to look when we, um, are analyzing the possibilities, possibilities of transforming ourselves is that we're going to ask our mind 
to go into the thing that the mind or the ego hates the most, which is the unknown. See, the mind wants to stay in the things that are known, in what's called the comfort zone. This is what I know. In Spanish, there's a saying, I don't know if there's a, an equivalent in, in English, but in Spanish there's a saying that it's better, más vale malo por conocido que bueno por conocer. You know, it's, it's better to be with something that is bad but known, but something better that is unknown. And that's a, <laughs> that's a very limiting belief that I heard over and over and over in our Latino culture, you know, because the mind really hates to go where it's unknown. The mind has the illusion that by controlling everything and predicting everything, we'll stay alive. And, and I get it because the mind has been designed, you know, by, by the universe, by God, by nature, uh, to protect our physical body. Uh, from danger. So if I'm, if I'm, if I'm going into, if I'm traveling to a new city and my mind tells me, Marco, be careful, that community right there or that, uh, that town there or that street down there looks, you know, kind of dark and you don't know who lives there and I, I, I don't know, I don't, I don't know about going into that unknown. Let's take care of ourselves and let's go into the bigger streets and, and, uh, and take care of ourselves. And you know, if that's the situation, then a hundred percent I listen to my mind, right? Because it's keeping me from danger. But if my mind is telling me that, oh my God, don't even think about becoming an entrepreneur. Don't even think about letting go of that juicy, safe paycheck or not juicy, but just kind of like survival paycheck that you have. Don't even entertain the possibility of becoming an entrepreneur because that's unknown and we can die in there and we can get public humiliation and we can fail and listen to how many people went bankrupt and oh my God, that's going to be horrible. No, 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 Marco, that's, that's bad for you. Don't go in there. See, that's different. I need to be above that. That's why, why we are saying I have a body, but I'm not my body. My body has a mind. I'm not my mind. My mind has thoughts, but I'm not my thoughts. So, those thoughts are just coming from the programming that I have. And at that time and moment, I have to tell from my heart, from my higher self, from my spiritual self, I have to tell my mind, you know what? I understand what you're saying. I know this is very uncomfortable. I know that you don't like the word transformation. It's very scary. Uh, I know that a lot of people have gotten burned. We're going to do this with care and with education. But you know what? I'm going to follow my heart. And my heart tells me that I want to be free, that I want to change the world, that I want to be one of those people that is transforming the world. The world, the world needs me. I, and I, and I, I see this. I wouldn't be happy if I didn't do this. So that's something that I would encourage people to to look into before going into this entrepreneurial world, before fully exploring it. Think about it. What kind of person are you? Are you the person who's okay with following others? and following rules, and and seeing how things change in the world for good or for bad, and you just want to be sitting as a viewer, as a, as a, as a, as watching, watching the, 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 the novella or the, or the movie, uh, or do you want to be active? Do you want to make a change? Do you have something burning inside you that it has to come out? And man, I really want to change the world. I want to, I want to change the environment. I want to change the way we relate to one another. I want to, I want to make, create more equality. I want to create products that, that empower people. If you have that burning inside that you can just not be happy if you don't let that out, then you have the spirit of an entrepreneur. If you don't have it, then at least learn 
how is it that the entrepreneurial world works so you can be an excellent employee and you can understand when your boss talks about transformation and about being responsible? Because those concepts, you're also going to need to be a great employee. If you're going to be an employee, then I, I hope that at least you want to be a manager or, or a CEO or, or something bigger and not just just stay. I mean, nothing wrong with, with not climbing the ladder, the corporate ladder, but if you don't, then at least then take responsibility and say, you know what? I don't want anything to do with that. I'm going to keep myself in this small salary, small game. It's fine. That's what makes, that's what makes me happy. And that's okay. But then don't go and blame it on, on others. You know, at least take full responsibility for whatever decision you're making. Marco, one of the things that comes to mind when I hear you talk about this journey of transformation and some of the examples that you shared, such as Pope Francis and Buddha, Mother Teresa, and Martin Luther King, and Mahatma Gandhi, these are all, to one degree or another, religious or political leaders. And we're talking about being a professional investor and entrepreneur, which most people would consider more of a business environment job, if you want to call it that. Job might not be the right word. But it's something that you do in a business environment rather than a political or religious environment. And I think for many people out there, they equate business and making money with being bad. Perhaps it's something desirable because they covet the things and the power that they bring. But at the same time, for many people, there's a negative connotation when they think about money, they think that money is a bad thing. I just reviewed a book recently about money management, and one of the things that the author asks readers is, how do you feel about money? Mm-hmm. So if we go back to this topic that we're talking about, going from employee to entrepreneur, and all of this transformation that you're talking about, how do you come to terms with this idea that money is bad and that making money is bad while at the same time striving to be this money maker, this entrepreneur, this professional investor. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great, uh, that's a great point. Uh, it's, it's the same thing we were talking about before about the subconscious mind and the programming. If we have, and I used to have it, uh, a thought that says money is bad, then the same thing is going to happen. You won't want to make a lot of money or you, you're not going to be motivated to be financially successful. And I would say the same thing. Money is not good. Money is not bad. Money is just a tool. Now, the way money is used could be very bad or very good, depending on what you use money for and depending on the way you're making the money. Uh, uh, do I think that the financial system in the world right now is okay? No, I don't like it. I do not like it. I don't like the, word, the way Wall Street works. I don't like that the only income that is taken into account to qualify a company is, is money. Uh, I, I, I think that, but nowadays what's happening, and this is, this is, this is, this is the thing, there's a lot of entrepreneurs, there's a lot of companies that are coming around and they're, they're bringing things for the planet where they're willing to not make money the only uh, the only perceived income, but they're willing to take a little bit less money 
in order to make healthy products that are good for the planet, that are good for people, that are good for the employees, that are good for evolution. There's 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 a lot of there's a lot of, of companies like that. There's one that comes to mind that I actually ended up investing money into it because I truly believe in it. It's called Thrive Markets. And if you go to Thrive Market, that, Thrive Market in singular, ThriveMarket.com, this is a, a company that is based in California and it's a, it's an online supermarket, uh, grocery, you know, for your groceries, uh, that brings you the products that you can find at uh, supermarkets like Whole Foods or Trader Joe's and all of these, uh, supermarkets that, uh, sell, uh, healthy products, uh, at a discounted price. And the mission of the market is to bring, uh, to make it more accessible to, for people who, who don't have a lot of money to, you know, buy their kale, their spinach, their gluten-free stuff, their organic stuff. And you can buy it online and you just pay a membership of $60 a year. And it's a combination of like the, the Costco concept of selling you at a discounted price, but with the quality foods, they only sell quality foods. They don't sell anything that has been genetically modified or that is, you know, uh, destroying the, the jungles and, and the environment. Every product goes through a very, very uh, clear screening, strict screening. So their mission is to make accessible for people who have less money healthy products. And I think that's a great mission, and I believe in them. I know the CEO. I know their mission. I, I've been there before. I educated myself as much as possible, and I decided to invest money in them. Why? Because I think they're making a good use of the money. Now, are they the company who are making the most profits and the most money and the fastest growth? No, they're not because they're a conscious company. And I am a conscious investor, so I'd rather put my money, not maybe, not in the fastest track. I'm not going to put it in the fast food industry. I'm not going to put it in in, 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 in in products. I don't want to badmouth anyone, but I don't want to put it in products that are destroying the environment, uh, being cruel to the animals, being creating obesity and diabetes in people and treating their, their, treating their employees uh, without conscious. I mean, there's, there's a... There's a, a whole expose of this this company called Tyson that it puts diapers to their employees because they don't allow them to go to the bathroom. They don't give them bathroom breaks, and there's a whole expose about this and a whole controversy. I don't want to put my money in companies like that. I want to put my money in companies that are willing to take a longer time, but they're they're bringing good things for 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 the planet. So money can be used in a very bad way. Money can be used in a very good way. So if you are a, a, a conscious person and you have that inside you, like, okay, I want to be successful. I want to change the world, but I don't know about money. Money, money is bad. Well, I would, I would really encourage you to go back into your subconscious mind and research and read books and, 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 and watch documentaries and, 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 and just get more education because you're going to find, I mean, I just mentioned you one company, but there's many companies that are, making an amazing positive use of money. They're helping their communities. They're giving back. And yes, by all means, their margins of profit are smaller. And I don't mind because I'm a conscious investor and I'm a conscious entrepreneur and I don't care because I want the planet to be fine. I want people to be fine. I want employees to be better. I want I want consumers to be better. I want to be a part of a conscious capitalism, not a part of an unconscious capitalism. So that's that's a personal choice. I don't know if that that brings a little bit of light into the subject because it is a very important subject. Say that our listeners are with us so far, and they say, "Okay, I, I think I can." 
I think I can take a step in that direction. I think I'm willing to go from employee toward the light of entrepreneur that I see at the end of that tunnel. But I'm not quite sure how to go about it. What are the, what are the next steps, if you will? What should someone who's listening to us today do once we finish our conversation and they want to know more, they want to become more empowered and transform themselves? This is some, something that you have to take time and effort from what I'm hearing you describe to accomplish. What are the first steps or what is even the first step that they should take in that direction? Well, uh, in my experience, and this is my path and my experience, the number one thing that I would ask everyone to do, whether they want to be an entrepreneur or whether they not want to be an entrepreneur, just to find in their hearts what what's your passion? What is it that you really, really, really care for? What is it that you would do? What kind of line of, 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 of business or activity you would be involved with? Even if, if, if you had all the money in the world, if money wasn't an issue, if you had all the money in the world for the rest of your life, what would you do? What would you be doing tomorrow? After taking a vacation, you'll be, ah, I'm going to go travel the world. And yeah, okay, after all of that, you know, once you're back, you saw the whole world, you bought all the clothes you wanted to buy, you're, you know, have a house, all your, your needs are, are taken care of. What is it that you would do with your life? And, and that's, that's some, that's an answer that is going to come not from the mind, but from the heart. And the reason I'm asking that is because if you want to be successful as an entrepreneur or as an employee, as a good employee, you're going to have to work really hard. There's, it's going to be exhausting. It's going to be scary. Uh, you're going to go into the unknown that we were talking about. And unless you have something in your heart that is very, very strong, you're going to quit or you're just going to switch. Uh, you're going to go for something else. So you, you know what I mean? When you go into the unknown, uh, it's it's very scary, but that's where the magic happens. Uh, that's where I mean, if you if we get into the spiritual path here, that's where that's the land. That's the, that's the that's the domain of of the universe of God. That's where miracles happen. But if we want to keep it on the entrepreneurial uh, language, let's just say that that's where the miracle ha- miracles happen when you are willing to go into the unknown. So, how are you going to sustain yourself going into the unknown if you first are not clear on who you are? What is your heart all about? What are your passions about? What is it that you would like to change? What is it, what is it that you would like to solve? So I would, this is a, an answer that might not come to you immediately. Some people are very clear on this because they t- put a lot of thought into this. Uh, but for some others, it might be a longer exploration where you have to find out what is, what is in your heart. Because it's not only about being happy, but it's also uh, when you find what's in your heart, you're normally going to be very good at it. For example, and a mistake that I made a long time ago because I, I didn't make the decision with my, my heart, but I made it with my head. I, you know, someone taught me that, you know, uh, creating office spaces was a really good business and the companies were scaling down and they were renting executive suites and stuff like that. And I, I was immature. I was financially immature, emotionally immature, and I went for it and I opened an office space in, in Scottsdale, Arizona years ago with like 30 offices and, you know, a receptionist and all of that. And, and the business went really bad. It's been the worst mistake I've made in my life. And I, and I'm not going to go into the details of why it went bad, but the main reason it is 
I don't like having an office. I don't even use an office. I'm, I'm a person that likes traveling and communicating and talking to people like I'm talking to you right now. And I'm, I'm more of an action on the field kind of guy. I am not the kind of person that sits down, sits inside an office and, and is just there. So if I didn't even like being in an office, why was I doing opening an office business? You know, you see what I'm saying? And I'm, if, 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 if people are listening to this, I can be saving you thousands and thousands of dollars and headaches and years of problems, which I got into by getting into a business that was not related with my heart. So again, number one thing, I would go into my heart and say, what is it that I enjoy and I love and I really like, like, like doing? Number two, once I know that, get education. And I'm not talking about the education you get in the traditional school system. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about financial education, emotional education, like learn, learn about, like buy a book and learn how uh, a, a company works. What are the advantages of owning your own corporation? What is an LLC? What is an LP? What is a, what is an INC? What is, what is an S and a C Corp? What are the tax advantages and disadvantages of one and to another? Like how can they serve me once I start my own business? Uh, you know, uh, understand understand that the the the, the, the sale that the process of selling. If you don't know if you don't know how to sell, then get into any activity where where you're going to have to confront people and ask them for money. If if you want to help the church and the charity of, of of your preference, go in there and raise money for a charity. You'll learn how to sell. You'll have to be rejected. You'll have to come and, and, and go around turning a no into a yes, you'll 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 lose the fear of oh what am, what if they reject me? What if they say no? I'd have to do it over and over and over and over. Getting to network marketing. Network marketing might not be for every single person on the planet and it's but it's a step in there where you're gonna have to deal with people without them being your employees. You're gonna have you're gonna learn a lot of the ways the systems and the business works without the risk of being a business owner yet. So it might not be for you forever, but you could learn something very important about human beings, about communication, about selling, about responsibility, about systems, about, uh, you know, rules, about all of these things that have to do with the process. So that's what I'm saying. Follow your heart, learn what's in your heart, and then get education. And when I mean education, I mean do things. Do something that will simulate the process of being a business owner. So either you play games or you go to workshops or you actually get into network marketing or you join a charity of your preference or, you know, and read books, of course, and listen to podcasts like this and get like stop watching tons of I mean, I work in the entertainment business, but I wouldn't recommend anyone to be plugged into their, their television, just walking, uh, watching one one entertainment show after another. Watch the Shark Tank. For example, the Shark Tank is an amazing educative show. You are I, I cannot see enough episodes. It's just it's just like watch one after another and I'm getting a, a business lesson and a business lesson, another business lesson and, 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 and I'm educating my mind. So there's a lot of resources out there. Some of them cost money. Some of them are free that, uh, that you can, uh, that you can use. Uh, another one would be surround yourself with people that are either entrepreneurs or are learning like you, the process of becoming an entrepreneur. Uh, every personal development coach out there is going to tell you that we are the average of our environment. Meaning, if you're hanging out with lazy people, you will be lazy. 
If you're hanging out with successful people, you would eventually become successful. So hang out with the people that are similar to what you want to do. And that's another challenge because you might be like, oh, my God, I love my friends from childhood. I've been hanging out with them forever. And, you know, all we do is drink and, and crack jokes. And, you know, eh, no, none of them is an entrepreneur. And none of them, you know, want to change the world. But I want to change it. But I love them so much. I don't want to leave them behind. Well, it's a tough decision. I'm not saying, to, you know, just stop seeing them forever. But just, you know, try to spend more time and more time with people that have the skills that you want to learn. And, and, and that's, that's transplanting yourself sometimes. I mean, I left Mexico. I used to live in Mexico and I, and I, and I, I love my country. I love Mexico. I'm now a U.S. citizen too. And I love the U.S. for different reasons. But I knew that if I didn't leave Mexico and I didn't come to the U.S. and learn English and, and start hanging out with entrepreneurs, I moved to Arizona a long time ago so I could be with my friend Blair Singer, who's the author of Sales Dogs and other books. Uh, and this is a city where Robert Kiyosaki lives too, and I, and I was and I was here, and I and I lived here for five years. I learned how to speak English. I learned how to become an entrepreneur, and then I moved to Los Angeles because I needed to develop myself at the spiritual level and 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 open other other doors for my career. But transplanting is not fun. Transplanting is hard. Transplanting is very uncomfortable because we're going into the unknown. But hadn't I transplanted myself several times, I wouldn't be who I am right now, and, and, and I love who I've become because now this is the Marco that I created myself and I'm building myself, and whether I achieve all of my dreams or not, I'm very happy with, with myself. So it's follow your heart, get education, surround yourself with people that are like uh, you want to be, you know, and those would be the, the top three things that, you know, out of my mind I can, I can share and recommend to people. What would you say are some of the biggest challenges to overcome you know we all have that voice in the back of our minds that says you can't do it you shouldn't do it change is not good money is bad whatever it is that uh, the, the naysaying little voice in your head how do you overcome those doubts those fears what are those what are the biggest obstacles or are those little voices the obstacles or is it something else yeah, well, the, the first thing is, you just, you just said it. The first thing is to identify that you have a little voice in your head. There's a great book by Blair Singer called Little Voice Mastering, which I highly recommend. I highly recommend people going to his website. It's called BlairSinger.com. He's been my coach. He's been amazing. He teaches workshops here in the, at the Blair Singer, uh, training center in Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm his business partner on that project too. We're, we're owners of, of that facility. And this is what he teaches. This is exactly his specialty. And uh, it's all about reprogramming. It's about reprogramming your mind. It's about repetition. So if I've heard uh, 3,000 or 5,000 or 10,000 times that money is bad, then, well, my mind is going to believe that money is bad. But if I start reprogramming and repeating by getting pieces of information when I go like, huh, money is not bad. That person did that with the money. But this other person person is doing amazing things and there's conscious companies and there's you know, et cetera, et cetera. There's many ways of using money in a positive way. Then you, you, you are reprogramming the little voice inside your head. So it's the, the answer to your question is repetition. Repetition is a, is a conscious repetition of the things that are aligned with the results I want to get. People want results, but we don't focus on the results. If you, if you want money, don't focus, focus on the money. If you want a family, don't focus on the family. Focus on the things you're doing 
because they that's where the results come from. And the things you do come automatically out of the patterns in your head between your left ear and your right ear. That's where the pattern is. And if you want to change the outcome, the results, then you have to change those patterns. How do you change them? By repetition of new things, of new realities. Uh, there's, there's many books. I mean, I read a lot. I go to workshops. I, I love reprogramming my head and, and, and reinforcing it because it's like going to the gym. It's not like I go to the gym one time and that's it. No, I am going all the time to these, these things because they're reminders and I read different authors and I go to different seminars and I, I, I'm always learning and educating myself because that keeps me in track. So one book, one very, very basic book that I could recommend is from another great friend of mine. His name is Miguel Ruiz and the, the book is called The Four Agreements. And the four agreements goes into the four most important and basic agreements that you have in your head. He says that reality is created by agreement. Whatever I agree with is my own reality. If I agree that, you know, the world is going south and it's, it's all bad and there's no solutions and everyone's corrupt. And if I agree on that, then that's my reality. I'm going to experience life from that reality. If I agree that, yeah, there's some problems, but there's solutions and the world is changing and I'm seeing the younger generation changing the world and, 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 and the new consciousness being born and compassion and loving and, 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 and conscious capitalism growing, then I'm going to engage live from there. So The Four Agreements by Miguel Ruiz, and he has other great books, but that would be a basic one. The Little Voice by, by Blair Singer is another great one. Sales, Sales Dogs by Blair Singer is another great one. If you want to get more advanced into reprogramming your head, then I would read The Power of Now and The New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. But those are more advanced books that I would just wouldn't recommend just to anyone. And and you would you might say, well, this has to do more with the spiritual world. Yes, it has to do with the spiritual world, but your emotions are related to the spiritual world and your thoughts are related to the spiritual world. And if we want to change the planet, we need to... Uh, to bring together being an entrepreneur and being a spiritual person. And by spiritual person, I don't mean religious person. I just mean someone who's willing to act from a higher level of consciousness and responsibility in this planet. It's, it's not about any specific belief. It's just about being fully responsible for our emotions, our thoughts, and the results we bring into the planet. If I hear you correctly, in this journey from employee to entrepreneur, you have to start by changing the way that you think and the way that you see and interact with the world. Is that right? Completely right. That's 100% correct, and that's 100% responsibility. If I want the world to change, I need to change myself. If I want a different thinking, a different, a different paradigm in the world, I have to change my, change my own paradigm and, and change the way I think. The change in the world starts by changing myself. And when I change myself, then I can manifest this in many ways. And one way is by being an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur that is conscious, loving, compassionate, intelligent, uh, a solution, uh, a solution maker, you know, uh, building bridges, bringing people together. We, we can be, we can have abundance and at the same time bring people together. I truly believe in that. I don't believe in any of, of the, of the other extremes. I do believe that we are all one. And that being an entrepreneur is an amazing way to be a part of the changes that the planet needs. Thank you, Marco, for joining us from Scottsdale, Arizona. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate the, the time. Thank you for having me. And congratulations on Hispanic, HispanicNPR.com.
Thank you. And to our audience, thank you for listening to Marco Antonio Regil, who is founder of RGL Entertainment, Inc., and who discussed moving from employee to entrepreneur. Please share your suggestions, questions, and ideas by leaving a comment on the HispanicNPR.com website. If you or someone you know would like to be on the show, you can email me directly at editor at HispanicNPR.com. That's editor at HispanicNPR.com. 